this episode. The emotion was there, even though everyone was virtual. And uh, it just happens a lot faster when it's all digital. At the appointed time, the doors, the double doors at the back of the room swung open and in strode Raj Biani with an entourage. There's about 20 people. We're about to take this decision to implement a completely impractical idea. Oh, but who's going to put the bell on the cat? Fantastic ideas and projections and you need a reality check sometimes. Welcome to Anecdotally Speaking, a podcast to help you build your business story repertoire. Hi, I'm Mark Shank. And I'm Paula Chilchik. And you'll notice that Paul is not Sean. And uh, so Sean's on holidays this week. So I'm in the host chair and Paul is joining me to have a conversation about a business story. And before we go on to the story, there's a, uh, a couple of things that are happening that may be of some interest to our listeners. And the first one is that we're running a public storytelling for leaders program commencing on the 21st of July. So this is a virtual instructor-led delivery. So no matter where you are in the world, time zones permitting, of course, uh, you can join. And we've set this one up so that it really suits time zones that are in uh, the Eastern Hemisphere. So, sorry, the Western Hemisphere. So Australia, Asia Pacific, uh, Europe, etc. So uh, if you're interested, go to our website, www.anecdote.com forward slash events, and you'll see that there. And we're also running a story powered data program. Uh, Sean's running that in July. So it's also on our website. So if you're interested in being more effective at using data to influence, engage, inspire, change minds, then that program would be of interest as well. So welcome, Paul. Great to have you on the program. Thanks, Mark. And I'm excited to be here. I've always uh, listening to these, but to actually be on board, uh, quite an honour. Yeah, and you're joining us from Sydney, which is currently in lockdown. That's right. So I wouldn't want to be uh, anywhere else than on the podcast, but we're certainly not allowed out at the moment. And so you attended a couple of online auctions this morning. Is that right? <laughs> That's right. Uh, life has moved online. So even uh, an auction for a house is now all about uh, hitting hitting your little button and bidding in a virtual world. Ah, so what's that experience like? Is it is it as scary as as being on uh, in out in the uh, in standing on the street worrying about scratching your nose in case somebody <laughs> mistakenly thinks it's well, a bid? Talking about storytelling, auctioneers, I'm now learning uh, they definitely are good or try to be good at uh, building up the story behind a property or a house. And this one was no different. The emotion was there, even though everyone was virtual, and. Uh, it just happens a lot faster when it's all digital. Uh, yes, I was. Uh, I went and looked at a property this morning, and and just the 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 BS on the on the brochure, you know, <laughs> the, the the property f floats effortlessly towards an expansive uh, outdoor living area. So, oh, oh, how nice! <laughs> there you go. And in Sydney, it's always harbour glimpses. As long as you're standing on the toilet in the bathroom and looking out the window. Yeah, with with a periscope. Uh, That's right. Yeah, That's yeah, right. yeah. Cool. All right. Well, let's get into the story for this week. And it's uh, it. I've got a, a story that I was reminded of from a, a a Zoom call that I had on Tuesday. So I was um, talking to a, a a guy from Microsoft in India, who had actually attended a program in 2014. And the story I'm about to tell, I'd completely forgotten until I had this conversation with this gentleman. And, uh, and anyway, he, he reminded me of it and I went and checked in my story bank and there I was. 
So I guess the context for this is that uh, we often hear, in fact, it's one of the most common things we hear, people, people think there's no place for story with senior leaders, all right? These folks are really busy and they just want the facts. So don't use story. Well, you know, back in 2014, I was in Hyderabad in India and delivering a storytelling for leaders program at their Microsoft campus. I probably had 30 or 40 people in the room. So it was a really big room, sort of kind of about 15 meters wide and probably 30 meters long. So it was quite a large room. And yeah, I've got my head in the game delivering the program. And during the course of the day, a number of people came up to me, you know, the, the kind of the client side of folks, and they came up and said, Mark, uh, at the end of the day, uh, Mike, uh, Raj Biani is going to come and he wants to say a few words. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, no problems. No, Mark, Mark, it's Raj Biani. Okay, yeah, cool, no worries. And it happened three or four times during the day. Mark, Raj is going to be here at about 20 past four. And yeah, no, no worries, it's fine. Anyway, and people going, Mark. Anyway, I didn't get it. At the appointed time, the doors, the double doors at the back of the room swung open and in strode Raj Biani with an entourage. There's about 20 people. And, and most of the people kind of filed either side of him and lined up against the walls on, on either side. Raj and two others walked straight up the center of the room. And then it wasn't quite military position, but everyone knew what was going on, except me, of course. And um, so Raj is the head of Microsoft IT. And he turned around, faced the group, and he said, I really hope you've learned something about the use of story today, because I learned how, how important story is when I was a very young project, uh, working in a project in Microsoft. And uh, I was a really junior member of the project team. And the project had some big, some big challenges. We were facing a lot of problems. And there was lots of debate about what we're going to do. And he, he kind of described that there was lots of, he called them highfalutin ideas, really uh, conceptually impressive but impractical ideas. And he was saying, I didn't have a voice. You know, like I'm a junior member, no one listens to me. And so this debate's going on and people arguing. And finally, we're about to take this decision to implement a completely impractical idea. But no one, you know, like no one, everyone's arguing. And anyway, we had a break, went out for lunch and I'm thinking, how do I, how do I tell people? You know, like how do they, how do I get heard here that this is uh, an impractical idea? And he remembered a story that his dad had told him. So he walked back in uh, after lunch and you know, walked into the, uh, the meeting room. It's probably 10 people sitting around the meeting room. And he said, before we start, I just want to share something that my dad told me years ago. And he, he talked about a community of mice, you know, living harmoniously. But they noticed that every now and, you know, every now and again, a, mice, a mouse would go missing. And it started out being occasional and then it got a bit more frequent. And the, the community are freaking out. And so they got together and had a community meeting and they decided that they would send their best and bravest mouse out to scout and find out what was going on. So he did. He saw a cat, comes back and says, hey, there's a cat. And everyone's going, oh, okay, that'll explain why people, why our mice are going missing. So this debate ensued about what are they going to do? And they finally decided that the best thing to do to protect the community was to put a bell on the cat. And that way, they would all know when the cat was around and they could stay safe. And everyone agreed, yes, yes, yes. Okay, great, let's do it. And then they looked at, it looked at each other and went, oh, but who's going to put the bell on the cat? Who's going to bell this cat? 
and they realized that they didn't have the capability to do it. So, um, so Raj said, and I told that story and they decided they weren't going to implement this decision. And for me, that was a really important lesson that if you want to change somebody's mind, if you want to have some influence, you need to use a story. And so back to the point, I guess, why I'm telling you this is it's a great example of how a business leader uses, uh, uses story effortlessly to explain the importance of story, but also to make an important business point. Wow, that was great, Mark. I haven't, uh, we've done a lot of workshops together and I have not heard that one before, which probably goes to the fact that the, your story bank is pretty deep. Um, and I also love the story. It's an interesting one because it's, it's really a story within a story. It's two stories. There's the story of Raj. Yep. And then there's the story of the, uh, the, story of the, the cat and the bell on the cat. So there's two different elements we're playing with here. Yeah, and, and so, yeah, definitely a story within a story. And uh, there's a, you need to be careful of those because it can easily get quite complicated. And, in fact, I did find myself, you know, like the, the stepping out of the cat story back to Raj, I, I didn't quite nail that. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, but because it, it, it can get quite complicated doing story within a story. Yeah, and that the cat story can, I mean, that could stand alone, right? To oh, absolutely. To a story. And I loved in that part of the story I love the imagery and the powerful uh, message that gets across of the situation with the cat and the bell just uh, cut through all of that potential uh, corporate back and forth jargon that was probably going on between all the leaders yeah yeah like it sounds good but can we do it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah exactly yeah and so one of the things that I liked about the, the cat the, the, well actually we should, we should call it what it is right it is a story it's a particular type of story called a fable. Right. right. And so, so for those of you that don't know, like a fable is simply a short uh, fictional story that's got um, legendary creatures, plants, or in this case, animals, and they are anthropomorphized. Right? They're attributed to, their human characteristics are attributed to them. And there's a moral to it. As a, there's a, a kind of a concise point or a maxim or whatever. So anyway, so the fable... In my story bank, I've called that putting a bell on the cat. And it brings out the emotion as well. I think that's what, what really makes it strong is obviously a cat. You don't want to be the mouse going to approach the cat. But in the same way, when you're thinking about who's going to do this as a manager, it, uh, it draws out that, yeah, it's not going to happen, is it? And yeah. uh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I also like that he was, you know, he was a very, very senior guy, head of Microsoft IT. And the deference that he was shown uh, was quite, uh, it was amazing. Uh, and he's standing in front of them saying, yeah, I had no voice. Mm -hmm. No one would listen to me. Mm -hmm. And and until I told that story. Yeah, and um, you built up that, um, the contrast really well because Raj in the story got more and more important as you kept, uh, I guess, ignoring who this person was and people kept coming to you uh there was that intrigue and that suspense and then the way you described how he came in and the details and the entourage um you got a real you know sense of this guy's important which is critical to the point i guess of the story yeah yeah about you know the, here is a really senior guy mm -hmm. and he just talked in story yeah and i tell you, i was so impressed like he he turned around and he he said something like I hope you've all learned a lot about story because it's a really important tool. I learned an important lesson about story when I was a very young project manager and I immediately started writing, right? I got to, taking notes for my story bank. 
And uh, he just launched straight into the story, made a relevant statement, and then launched straight into the story. Very, you know, kind of like, whoa, textbook. Yeah, yeah. And it builds up his cachet because I guess one of the big anti stories we we often hear, even in our workshops, is you know when you get to that level of seniority. You just want the facts. You don't have time. You got a million things to do. So story is not that important. But this, uh, you know, building him up and building up how important he was and was able to use it really, really helps refute that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah, I, I liked what you said there. You know, it, this increased his credibility, the use of the story. Mm -hmm. So really important to know. All right. So how, how would we make that story even better? Uh, I think there's a... An opportunity, like you said, it's hard to go out of the one story and into the other, but to really drive home the point more strongly of how uh, how useful telling a story was and, and the fact that someone so senior is embraced story throughout their career. It's really the secret of their success in, in some ways. Well, I, I didn't say this in the story. And, and to your point, the story could be even better if I'd said this, mm -hmm. because I actually had numerous conversations with, with Raj for a couple of years after that. And he, one of the things he said is he attributes a lot of his, his success to the fact that he uses story all the time. Well, not all the time, but he uses it a lot. A key part of his communication repertoire. Yeah, absolutely. And then the, I guess when people are practicing or using this example or something like this, and you've got a story within a story, you've got to be super clear as you transition from one to the other. Mm. Um, otherwise you can end up, Getting confused, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. As I, I mean, I, I mean, I wasn't. I wouldn't say I was confused, but I definitely stumbled slightly in the transition out of the fable back into the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, one of the things that I guess could also, and Sean makes this point regularly, is I could have painted a more detailed picture of of, of what Raj was like, because you know, like he walked in the room, he commanded the room. You know, he was tall, really well dressed. You know, he kind of oozed charisma. Right. Um, you know, he had that he had that great smile, um, very confident, uh, carried himself. Anyway, I could have painted a more detailed picture of of Raj um, and how impressive he was because he was, you know, like it's just a super impressive. Yeah, not 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 just physically, but in terms of his presence and his authenticity. Yeah, and it's always amazing those details bring out the. Uh... The character and, and the interest of the story is just uh, increased dramatically. So, yeah, never go yeah. wrong. Cool. So, anything else on how we might make that even better? Uh, no, I think we should move to um, where we might be able to use the story because there's many uses to that. Yeah. Okay. Off you go. What? What? What's? What's the first use? Uh, one that came to mind, and you get this a lot as a consultant, is people sitting around a table, or these days it's virtual in many many instances, and having a great discussion with these uh, fantastic ideas and projections and you need a reality check sometimes. Is, is this possible? Can we bring this back to reality? Who's going to do it? And I think that fable part of the story in particular is a great one to use to bring people back to reality. Can we execute on these great ideas? Who's going to be doing it? Yeah, in fact, this brings us to an interesting point because as we, as we now talk about using the story, we're going to have to separate the fable from the, the, the bigger story about Raj and the point about uh, leaders are, you know, do, effective leaders do use story. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so, okay, so that's your talking there about taking the fable and going, uh, hey, folks, reality check. Yep. Yeah, no, I think it'd be great. And for those of you 
well, for listeners, you know, we're, of course, we're going to transcribe this as we usually do. That that fable, uh, as Paul says, is fabulous in that circumstance when people are just off up in the clouds and you need to bring them back down to earth than the belling the cat fable. Um, it's so much more powerful than uh, trying to put in all the rational arguments and, and win your win your argument against somebody with detailed facts and logic, especially if they dug in on their particular idea that they may have brought up in the meeting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, another business use of this is if you are trying to change people's minds. Mm-hmm. You could actually take a subset. So the, the, uh, uh, in fact, you could just take the story that Raj told about when he was a young person and da-da-da and go, look, there's times where argument uh, doesn't influence people. Mm-hmm. And that's the time to use a story. Let me give you an example. And, uh, you know, Raj Biani, head of Microsoft IT, when he was a junior guy, da 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 Yeah, that's right. So there's both sides to it because often you might be speaking to your, if you're a leader, you're speaking to your team and trying to encourage them to use storytelling. So it's really how can their voice be heard better? This is a great story. The Raj part of it is a great story of how he went on to great things. He uses storytelling. But at that time, he was not being heard. And the only reason that, he made an impact and was able to get people listening to him was because he used story. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're trying to give people advice about how to change minds, uh, how to have influence, then the story that he told, including the fable would be very, would be really effective. Now I, I personally, I'm going to use it in workshops because for me, it's a, it's a, it's a, I'll be using it in two different ways. One of them, when, when I bump into the belief system, the people that many people have that, there's no place for story when you're talking to very senior folks. Right. Uh, that's a very real, I'll just go, ah, oh, well, let me give you an example. Yeah. So, and, and I would, I would add the, the bit that I mentioned afterwards, which is when I had the conversation and Raj said that he attributed a lot of his success as a leader to the fact that he used story a lot. So I, I would use it there, but also when we talk about changing people's minds uh, in using the influence story pattern, yeah, absolutely. It's it's so common, and I find it particularly amongst, um, say, engineers, IT, technical people. I mean, this was an IT department. A lot of resistance to using uh, to using story, and so when you've got somebody who's the head of IT embracing story, it just adds to the uh, credibility and, and countering the the anti story. Yeah, totally, totally. So, any other business applications of any part of that, they either the fable or the the broader Raj story or the broader story about being in, in, in fact, this is a story in three levels, isn't it? There's the fable, <laughs> there's Raj's use of the fable, and then there's the broader story about me being in India. Yeah, I think it's just oh. on that is the, is the versatility of, of stories. And we came up with so many different ways you can use this one. Um, but if you pay attention to keeping it simple for your audience, I think is going to be really important uh, in this situation and in general when you're dealing with a lot of story uh, components to a story. Otherwise, it can be counterproductive. Yeah, totally. Yeah, keeping it simple, being really clear on the purpose that you're using the story for at that moment in time. Yeah, and I'm going to go yeah, and think of uh, fables now. There's got to be a whole bunch of fables out there we can pull in. Yeah, yeah and I, I tell you, until I until I heard Raj stand up there and do that, I'd 
Uh, I'd never heard the Bell the Cat story. And it's like, whoa, how cool is that? That's a really simple and effective story. I guess it's the definition of a fable, isn't it? Succinct, effective, makes a a useful point. And uh, it's clearly fictional. Yeah, yeah. All right, so now we get to the stage where we give that a rating. And so I'm going to suggest that when we give a rating, we just rate the story that Raj told. Not not the fable bit, but when I was a young project manager, I used this fable in this way. So, Paul, I told the story. You get to give it a rating first. Well, what what uh, scale do we use here? Mark? Oh, oh, wow! It's, <laughs> it's it's one one to ten, with ten being uh, off the scale excellent, and one being complete rubbish. <laughs> well, I'm I'm big on the emotional side and the cut through you can get with emotion in story, and um, this the story that Raj told hit me hit me hard. So I'm going to give it a seven and a half almost an eight, but seven and a half is my score. Okay. Well, we don't normally allow half scores, but that's, no, no, we, when we have definitely gone halves at times um, and we try to avoid sevens because we found that we were giving lots and lots of sevens. Anyway, I'm giving this an eight. Uh, now that I have, I'm so glad that I put that into my story bank back then because I'm now looking and going, that is, that is really useful. And for those of you who are out there listening, this is one of the reasons why having a story bank is so cool. Because right, you, you, you're going into a meeting and you need to make a point where people are running off about well, all these esoteric ideas and you need to bring them back to, back to earth. Well, there you go. You've got the belling the cat story. So, cool. Thank you very much for listening. Is there any uh, anything that we need to to reiterate before we go? Uh, perhaps the, uh, the public workshops. And, of course, Paul, you're running the Storytelling for Leaders workshop. Yeah, so looking forward to having everyone join the Storytelling for Leaders Um going to be four virtual sessions with some activities in between and some feedback. They're a lot of fun. Um, and then the data storytelling, which uh, Sean's going to be running as well. Yeah. And so that's all on our website, anecdote.com forward slash events. So that concludes another episode of Anecdotally Speaking. So please join us again next week for another episode of How to Put Your Stories to Work. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Anecdotally speaking, was engineered by Dave Stokes from author to audio.